0: Did you happen to hear about the time it rained meat from the sky in Kentucky? The internet says it's true. Hi and welcome to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we're going to learn something that sounds like I made it up. But it's really true. Part of the WCBE podcast experience. Welcome new listeners. I'm so happy to have some new people listening to the podcast. My name is Michael Kent. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is a weird one. This is a weird episode, like super weird. And one of the goals I have with this podcast is to give you stories that you can tell at parties. I promise that this is one you haven't heard and it's one that you'll want to tell other people. I have to take a minute to say how much I appreciate all the support from the great folks who have supported me on Patreon. That's a great way to show you're listening to the podcast, you're enjoying the stories every week. You can join at patreon.com slash Kent. And one of the cool things you get when you do that is access to the videos of my interviews with guests. the only place those are available. And if you enjoy a guest segment on the show, you want to see what they look like or hear the interview unedited, you can do that there. You also get 20% off any merch you want. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Also, don't forget to give me a review. I haven't mentioned this in a while. But one of the best ways you can support this show is by going on to the Apple Podcasts app going to this podcast and then rating it five stars along with a quick review. Even just one sentence helps out. I greatly appreciate that. Go on there. Tell me which episode you found the most interesting. It helps other people find the podcast and it helps continue to grow. Now, I'm writing this episode on airplanes. Lots of travel this week. I had a noon show at a college in San Francisco. Noon college shows are some of the most challenging work I do. Just imagine performing magic to 12 people in a campus cafeteria with the sound of people like playing pool behind you and every 10 minutes or so you hear number 32, your chicken fingers are ready. Number 32, it's it's a weird thing, but hey, You know, non-traditional campuses need entertainment, too, and sometimes that's the only time you can do it. Glamorous show business, and I head from here back home for a day, then it's off to Philadelphia for another college show, so it's been a busy week. Also, yesterday was my wife's birthday, so happy birthday to Allison. If you're a regular listener to the show, you've heard her in a few different episodes now. I'm glad I'm able to get a new show out to you this week, though, so let's get into it. The Kentucky Meat Shower. This one may win the award for the weirdest story I've had on the show. Occasionally, you'll hear about weird things coming down from the skies with the rain. They call it non-aqueous rain. It's a phenomenon that's happened all over the world, and it's known to have happened throughout history. Pliny the Elder described it happening in the very first century. Last year, it happened in Texarkana, Texas. For several minutes on December 29 last year... Residents reported seeing dozens of fish falling from the sky. They accompanied hail and tornado weather. A local high school soccer team ran from the field as fish were falling from the sky and pelting them. One kid accidentally kicked a fish when he was going for the ball. Animal rain is a real scientific phenomenon that happens only under very specific conditions. Through the years, there have been reports of birds, jellyfish, bats, frogs, and even snakes Snakes falling from the sky!
1: Snakes, snakes. I don't know no snakes.
0: It happens when there's a water spout or tornado that sucks up the animals and throws them in the air. Using the word rain isn't scientifically accurate because the animals, like, aren't being vaporized into a cloud and then re-liquidized. They're just sucked up into the air by these very specific weather conditions. It's amazing that that can happen. In some instances, small ponds have been completely drained by similar conditions. So hearing that, it becomes easy to believe in the horror that would be Sharknado. In reality, nothing as large as a shark has ever been reported as getting sucked up and spit onto the ground elsewhere. But scientists say it is possible. If a tornado-strength water spout were to pass over the ocean with a dense population of sharks, they could theoretically be lifted by a 150 mile per hour wind. But again, the largest fish to ever fall from the sky are like 4.5 inches long. So then how in the world did this phenomenon known as a meat shower happen in Kentucky of all places? Olympia, Kentucky is a tiny unincorporated village an hour east of Lexington. No stoplights, a population of around 1,000 people and a single tiny post office. But in 1876, the tiny Bath County village was the site of a peculiar oddity. Back then, it was known as Olympia Springs and was controlled or maybe owned by a guy named Harrison Gill. The area had previously belonged to Henry Clay and was used as an army recruiting post. Several barracks still stood in Olympia Springs. Around 11 a.m. on the morning of March 3rd, 1876, the wife of a farmer, Alan Crouch, was out on her front porch making soap when she heard something slap the ground in front of her then another. Then again, she heard it. When she got up to look at what had fallen from the sky, it looked like a small piece of meat. It was gristly, but it had the appearance of beef. One piece was reported to be three or four inches square. The sky was reportedly perfectly clear at the time. Harrison Gill was called to the Crouch Farm to observe this meat. In newspapers, he was referred to as having, quote, unquestionable veracity. He reported pieces of meat all over the property. Some were stuck to fences, some scattered across the dirt driveway and front lawn. He thought it had the appearance of being perfectly fresh. Even local newspaper men from the Louisville commercial were called out to the Crouch Farm to see the meat scattered across. They were brave enough or stupid enough to actually taste the meat. And they reported it tastes like venison or mutton So what in the heck happened? How did meat come from the sky? And was it meat at all? We'll find out after a quick break. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash michaelkent. That's patreon.com slash michaelkent. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but... Unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at FatCo.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to TheInternetSaysIt'sTrue.com slash deals for the link.
1: I'm John DeSando, host of Back Talk. This podcast is an extension of the long-running award-winning movie review show It's Movie Time. Back Talk features
0: additional content and banter with guests about new movies. If you want more insight and information about what's playing now in theaters and online, find BackTalk at the WCBE Podcast Experience on WCBE.org. You'll be happy you did. When the townspeople went outside, they carried their plates, cups, glasses, forks, spoons, knives, and napkins with them. That way, they would always be prepared for any kind of weather. That's a quote from Judy Barrett's popular children's book, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And then there's this phrase. I hear it's raining cats and dogs in Idaho. (laughs) Raining cats and dogs. It's a phrase that we use to say that it's pouring outside. And I was curious about this, about the origin of this phrase, so I looked it up. It looks like it can be traced back to a Jonathan Swift book, Complete Collection of Genteel and Ingenious Conversation, from 1738. There may be instances of it that predate that, but it's never actually rained cats and dogs, just the small fish, frogs, and other tiny animals I mentioned earlier. In Bath County, Kentucky, in 1876, it wasn't raining cats and dogs, but it was definitely raining something that looked like meat. Within a week, the story was published in newspapers far and wide. Here's a quote from the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania Telegraph. Quote, On last Friday, a shower of meat fell near the house of Alan Crouch, who lives some two or three miles from the Olympian Springs in the southern portion of Bath County, Kentucky, covering a strip of ground about 100 yards in length, 50 wide. Mrs. Crouch was out in the yard at the time, engaged in making soap, when meat, which looked like beef, began to fall around her, end quote. Samples of the substance that fell from the sky were collected by local residents and given to scientists. One local hunter swore that the meat he was looking at was that of a bear. Of course, the Crouches, being religious, thought that the sky meat was a sign from God, maybe some sort of signal of the end times but the scientists, they had answers. One study concluded that what the meat-like substance actually was was a type of bacteria called Nostoc. Nostoc. And if you look at the pictures of this, N-O-S-T-O-C, it's the globule-like green stuff you see around stagnant ponds. I always associate this stuff with Canada geese. It definitely doesn't look like meat, and it's always green. So I'm not really sure why they said this, because further testing verified that the substance was definitely the meat from an animal. The samples that were collected were later found to have muscle tissue and they thought the meat came from either a horse or a human being. In 1876, Dr. L.D. Kastenbein published a hypothesis that is still thought to be the most likely answer. The meat shower was the result of vulture puke. Turkey vultures are common in this part of the world and they eat dead animals, dead animal carcasses. And vultures are known to vomit for a couple different reasons. Sometimes after eating, they simply weigh too much to take off and fly high enough. So they have to regurgitate some of their meal. But when they're in the air and they're trying to scare away potential predators, they use projectile vomiting to do that. So what likely happened is that a flock of vultures were flying high above Olympia Springs and vomited the contents of their stomach. And they were so high, there was no sign of the vultures but the meat showered down below as if it came from the clouds. So that is about as close as we can get to solving this mystery. The Kentucky meat shower was probably just vulture puke. The internet says it's true. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend, and today I'm calling Ama Marfo. Ama is a prolific writer, a professional speaker on group dynamics, leadership, creativity. She's also a stand-up comedian, and uh, I'm so happy to have you back. This is your third opportunity to uh, to play the quiz game.
1: Round three. Excited to be back. It's always fun to do these.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm happy that you were able to do it. I haven't talked to you in a while. You were were you just up in like Toronto?
1: I was. I did the Far From Here Comedy Festival in Toronto. Uh, So it's a group of comedians who are putting on Zoom shows through like the thick of the pandemic. And now that we have a little bit more room to travel, they're like, I want to meet all the comedians I met on Zoom. So we spent four days up there doing shows together. The shows are broadcasted to Zoom, but we were together in person. It was just really nice to see how tall everybody was, because it's like (laughs) you, I guessed right. You're a surprise. like that's the best part of meeting people on zoom it's like how tall were they what an
0: interesting time we live in i mean like this these are people that you knew comedians you knew through zoom and now you're still doing zoom but you're doing it in person Mm -hmm. what a what a weird thing but that's that's (laughs) great um and who's watching these shows like are people paying for tickets how's that work
1: yeah so people pay for tickets um it's been interesting in that now that there are more opportunities to perform in person. There are still markets of people who really benefited from having shows at home. So I know I had talked to people who said like they had family members who were housebound, people that were in hospitals long-term that weren't getting to see shows and Mm -hmm. all of those places still exist. So it's nice to kind of do it for people, the elderly, like people's parents who can't always travel to see them. I know my friend Meg, her mom watched one of the shows uh, on Zoom with us so we could like see her on the screen in person on the side it was it's really really nice
0: it's it's weird that we're still talking about zoom shows like almost three years later um Mm -hmm. but i don't know that i've ever asked this question what for a comedian for a comedy show Mm -hmm. what happens after you tell the joke
1: you know a lot of people don't like it because there's a delay so you have to wait a minute and it kind of throws your timing off. So like sometimes you'll hear things at the really early days of Zoom before they were able to calibrate, like if one person is making noise and somebody else can't make noise. Sure. It was very, very difficult. And I think they kind of had to respond to the demand and what people were using it for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you kind of just give it a minute. Sometimes you watch more for reactions. Um, I actually do a show that's online but not Zoom based. So there isn't really an audience reaction. Nice. But we could see the other comedians. So I always tell the comedians, if you like what someone's saying, Mid like tip in the chat. Oh yeah. Use yeah, yeah.
0: Articles,
1: so like we can support each other. It's that helps it's a immensely ton. yeah, it's immensely challenging, but it's it's been really good to kind of do it where like, all right, if you have the confidence to sell something and you're not a hundred percent sure like how is your set going to go if you're not hearing anything, some people don't like it. It makes a lot of people very anxious, but yeah, I think it's just a, it's a fun challenge.
0: Well, I, I felt that challenge doing magic, but with magic, yeah. it's a little different, Um, you know, because there's a visual component to it that sort of stands on its own. And when the trick would be over, that silence was so, um it w- it was very awkward and, and very difficult. And I, I remember like, I started just talking about the trick after it was done because of uh, me being so uncomfortable with that silence like I would be like well that's something I came up with back in blah 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 and here's why I do it and and that was the only way I knew how to really and you know it, it really helped eventually to re- you know start seeing people's reactions on Zoom because the first shows I was doing were on like YouTube live and and you where you don't yeah. see anything but the chat. So for
1: me, it's funny because like I always really like watching the chat when I watch Magic on Zoom because yeah. people will like type out the reactions they would normally have. So like the people that will scream will like type it out. The people that would typically like get up. I saw one where someone like where they would normally just like get up and walk away. They're like, I gotta go. And then like they just disappeared on the chat. And it's so funny <laughs> to me how you could like translate those reactions yeah. um into text or into chat. Um we it, it's finding a way. We found it is. Way. And
0: they have to work a little harder than they would if they were at a show. Like, you know, instead of spending their energy getting there and all that, they they have to spend their energy letting you know that they're paying attention. And it yes. doesn't happen for everyone. A lot of people mm-hmm. just sit back and watch very passively. So, well, th- this is a fun topic this week. It's weird. Okay. It's a weird story. It's one that I will be very surprised if you've heard of it. And for the first question, we're going to play for a joke. So if you get it wrong, you have to tell me a joke. Uh, And if you get it right, I'll tell you one. Here is the first question. We have heard of the occasional instance of frogs or fish coming down from the sky when it's pouring rain. They call it non-aqueous rain. In 1876, in Bath County, Kentucky, what fell from the sky? A, several medium-sized cats. B, various pieces of unidentified meat. Or C. Buckets of blood.
1: Can I ask clarifying questions?
0: Possibly. I don't know if I'll answer them, but <laughs> it's, this so game doesn't, wh- doesn't matter. Where, cat- so. where
1: cats are concerned, what constitutes several? Uh, like eight? S- several would be anywhere.
0: I would, I would say several would be anywhere between three and ten.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Personally, because I think with two, it's a couple, and then three becomes mm-hmm. several, and then more than that. More than ten, you're talking about a dozen, probably. So, sure,
1: okay, and then buckets of blood, buckets worth, buckets worth, of worth blood, buckets or, worth of blood. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Okay, ah, uh, I'm going to guess cats. A.
0: The answer, Amma. B. Various pieces of unidentified meat. They call it the 1876 Kentucky meat shower. And the the look on your face. Those of you who are on Patreon are able to see the look on her face right now um, is exactly the look that was on my face. Concern, disgust, confusion, all of those wrapped up into a furled eyebrow.
1: And you just said unidentified, but I instinctively want to ask what kind of meat. And I know you can't answer that. I can't. But-
0: I can say what they thought. So basically, here's, here's what happened. And our, our listeners have just learned this. So I'm, I'm going to give you the short version. This woman, this farmer's wife was making soap on the front porch. And heard the slap of a piece of meat hitting the ground in front of her, and then again and then again, and pretty soon all around her there were there were pieces of meat of different shapes and sizes, some as big as a palm, were hitting the ground uh She thought that it was maybe something like biblical happening uh The farmer of course, thought this as well; they thought that this was some some sort of sign of end times. Local hunters came and looked at the meat. Some people even tasted the unidentified sky meat and said that uh, it was gamey. Maybe something like uh, venison. Some people thought bear. Here's what it turned out that the most likely answer about this is. It was vulture vomit. Whoa. A a herd or a flock of, of vultures high up, so high up in the sky that you couldn't tell that this is where it was coming from. Vultures vomit their, their intestines worth of food to um, ward off prey or ward off, uh, uh, not prey, but um, what's the word? Uh,
1: uh, predators. Uh, predators,
0: yeah. And I didn't even know that vultures had predators, but apparently they do this as a defense thing. And that is the most likely answer. You know, when you talk about the different non aqueous rain throughout history, frogs and, and fish are the main thing. In some places, they've talked about snakes um that is they can't be too big and once you talk talk about pieces of meat now it's plus there's no like it would have to get sucked up with like a water spout or something into the sky and then rain down and that's not what was happening it was a clear day
1: so, and then like a palm-sized piece of meat coming out of a vulture like that's horrifying
0: yeah like some they, they talked about them being strips like three to four inches long five inches long by like an inch oh,
1: yeah wow. it is
0: horrifying it is horrifying but uh yep so uh do you have a joke that you can tell me
1: uh a joke that I wrote that's very silly a while ago that just came to me the other day is about like how I know I'm getting older and just kind of realized that I care about different sorts of things like things that used to matter to me a lot Don't matter anymore. Like, so like in my twenties, I used to like clench my ab muscles, and now in my 30s, I clench my jaw. Like you just, (laughs) they're different things.
0: Yeah, this is true. You know, I was recently talking to a friend, like we were walking around at a conference, and and I put Dr. Scholl's inserts in my boots, and it's like the best thing I've ever done. And how much that means to me is just a mark that I'm in my forties. Because it really does mean a lot.
1: I've left a conference to go get Dr. Scholl's inserts because we were standing (laughs) on cement. And like 10 minutes in, I was like, I, I won't last. This will kill me. I have to go. That's such so an I went. adult decision. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And now we have anti-fatigue mats in that booth because I was like, I can't live like this. We have to do something.
0: Um, I, I did find a joke, even though I don't owe you one. I'm going to tell it to you anyway. If a band okay. is playing music and a thunderstorm hits, who is most likely to get hit by lightning?
1: Who is most likely to get hit by lightning?
0: The conductor. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love it. All right, let's move on. (laughs) For this next question, if you get it wrong, you've got to tell me about the best gift you've ever given someone, whether it be for the holidays or a birthday or whatever, just for for no reason whatsoever. If you get it right, I'll tell you one of mine. Uh, You used to live in Florida. Here's a Mm -hmm. Florida question for you. In the Gulf Coast town of Punta Gorda, it rained what non water object in 1969? So, this was before we were born, uh, but here are your options A, okay. a shark, B, sand, or C, golf balls. A shark? A shark, singular.
1: Okay, a singular shark.
0: Sand, hmm. plural. If it, if it rained a grain of sand, no one would have noticed.
1: Yeah, I was like, how would you know? Um, okay. Uh, given the population from what I remember that area of Florida to be, my educated guess is C, golf balls.
0: The answer is C, golf balls. It rained in Punta Gorda in 1969, September 1st, 1969. A routine snowstorm or excuse me, a routine rainstorm took a dogleg turn for the bazaar. That's a cute turn of phrase and began (laughs) depositing golf balls in the gutters, lawns and streets. The St. Petersburg Times reported that, quote, dozens and dozens and dozens of golf balls fell from the sky, though no explanation was ever given. Nobody knows how that happened Uh, or how, I mean, they, someone could have dropped them from an airplane. I don't know. I I just find it hard to believe that golf balls could have been sucked up into the sky and then rained down.
1: Yeah. Like Florida's weird place, but it's not that weird.
0: Um, (laughs) if it's going to happen, Florida would be the place, but
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So you are one for two. (laughs) Let's move on. Question three for this question. We're going to play for one of these of which I'm sure you have won in the past. But here's another another chance to win a sticker. Uh, This is an Internet Says It's True sticker. They are three inch square and you can uh, receive these for free just by asking for them. If you write into the show and ask for them or if you join Patreon, I'm going to send you some. Uh, So here's the question. Kentucky is the only state that has rivers as its borders on three different sides. The Big Sandy and Tug Fork are on the east. The Mississippi is on the west. What river is on the north? Here are the three options. A, the Ohio, B, the Missouri, or C, the Cincinnati River.
1: What was B again?
0: B was uh, the Missouri River. Okay. So we've got the Ohio River, the Missouri River, and the Cincinnati River, one of these borders Kentucky on the north.
1: I've crossed this river before, and now I'm trying to remember what it was called. Uh Uh-huh answer is a
0: the ohio river i didn't know if that one was to see growing up and living in ohio that would be an easy question for me but not being from here i didn't i couldn't gauge the the difficulty of that question so i'm curious if our listeners knew that one who aren't in ohio
1: i only Um, lived in ohio for three years from ages three to six and (laughs) we didn't have to know that then what part of ohio uh, my dad taught at Kent State, so we lived oh. like just outside of Akron.
0: Okay. You were at Kent State longer than my wife was at Kent State, who attended their at college for one semester, I believe. Okay. Maybe one year before she transferred. I think she went for a year, and then she transferred to Ohio State. Okay. Uh, question four. For this question, we're going to play for your best travel tip. Okay. And if you get it wrong, I'll I'll try to share one. I've shared one the last couple of weeks. I hope I have one left. Kentucky shares something in common with Pennsylvania, Massachusetts and Virginia. What is okay. it? Is it A, they all call themselves Commonwealths. B, they were all founded by Quakers. Or C, they're the only four states without a national weather station. The only four states without a national weather
1: station? Yeah.
0: Final answer, you seem unsure.
1: What was B again?
0: B was that they were founded by Quakers. Okay. And the the states that I listed are Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Virginia.
1: I'm going to switch to B.
0: To B, they were all founded by Quakers? Yes. The answer is A, they're all commonwealths.
1: Are they really? They really Are are. I knew Massachusetts was, I knew Virginia was, I didn't know Kentucky was, that's what threw me. The
0: Commonwealth of Kentucky, the Commonwealth wow. of Pennsylvania, Commonwealth Massachusetts and Virginia. Now, I looked this up today because I was not, I, I didn't know what the difference is. I know that like, you know, Texas is very proudly a republic of Texas, right? Like okay. not, not, not a state, uh, same with like, you know, Kentucky, they're like, we're not the state of Kentucky, we're the Commonwealth. And I, I learned the distinction is in name alone. It's just the name. All commonwealths are just like any other state in their politics and laws. There's no difference in their relationship to the nation. They just establish themselves as a commonwealth rather than calling themselves a state. So, okay, there you go. Huh.
1: Well, if you if you don't have a travel tip, I do have a travel tip.
0: Oh, I want to hear your travel tip, but let me see if I can share one that um I shared. Um, my buddy Cam uh just flew on a long flight to Japan, and I, and my my biggest tip to him. This is for long flights. Uh, came from my friend Steve from a long time ago when I took my first international flight is to not drink alcohol a couple days before and to just push, push, push water like that day before and on the flight itself and even to use. uh, And this is good for all flights, not just long flights. Um, I don't drink. I don't eat or drink any of their stuff on the flight that they offer, except for like if it's over a meal and it's a long flight, you kind of have to, you know, Mm -hmm. because you got to eat But uh, I if it's like a two or three hour flight, you know, if I'm just going to like whatever, New York, Boston, whatever, I will have my own bottle of water that I drink and that's it Um, and touch as little as I possibly can. I even like to use the saline nasal spray just to keep my Mm. my sinuses irrigated because airplane air is so dry. It's notoriously dry. And that is just a breeding ground for um, you to pick up whatever is in the air, which. You know, supposedly airplane air is actually pretty clean. It's just dry, which is not healthy. So there's my there's my travel tip for this week. What's yours?
1: So if you are a person who is sensitive to light when you're trying to sleep, as I am, um, I'm a big fan of taking the hangers that they have in their closets that have like the pants or like bottoms clips on them and using that to clip the curtains shut so
0: this was this is great this is my my tip from last week um, okay. that you shared which is fine but someone told me last week who was i talking to Oh, i was talking to jason Lavasser last week and mm-hmm. he said he uses sharpies to do that which i had never okay, sure. heard before same thing right but he yeah. uses the clip from sharpies but i told him every every sharpie that i have has they're broken the clips are broke i break the yeah. clips off of sharpies like none other
1: and i Never find a Sharpie when I need one. I love them. Yeah. Big fan of their work. But yeah. every time I need one, I cannot find one. But as you can generally find a hanger. So as a magician, that's, that's my favorite one.
0: I, I me too. Um, and I share that all the time. And I was also explaining last week. Uh it's generally it's i s I'm out of the hotel before it gets light out, but it's never fails that my hotel window is by the like the sign, the hotel yes. sign. So it's always mm-hmm. shining in. Um always. So uh yeah, and you know what I really would love to do. I need a good solution for noise in the hotel. I do travel with earplugs, okay. but I can't wear them to sleep, or else I will not wake up. You know, I won't hear my mm-hmm. alarm, and I won't wake up. So I that's the one thing I really don't have a solution for. And the, the what thing kind of what
1: kind of earplug are you wearing when you? Is it oh, the foam my ear, ones? Or?
0: No, my earplugs are amazing. Um, I, I'm not paid by this company, but they're called Eargasm. And Amazing. they are silicone uh like the fluted style yeah. earplugs, so there's like three baffles that, when they go mm-hmm. in your ear, and they sit flush so you can sleep in them sleep in them if you need to, and they have a little mm-hmm. part that comes out that you can so they don't get stuck in your ear um mm-hmm. they're awesome earplugs, they're great for a ton of stuff. I wear them at concerts um i I'm losing my hearing because I was a drummer for many, many years, and um so but I can't sleep in them because i'll on days where I need to wake up,
1: yeah, so for the I have the uh, like fluted ones for concerts and like other loud environments, but then I have foam ones just for sleep, yeah, um, so like I have like two pairs on my keys, so I have them for planes, I have them for hotels, um, and then the other thing I do is I use insight timer, it's like a sleep meditation thing, but you yeah. can also have ones that are just noise, but they turn off on their own, so I'll have one that's like two hours, so sure. I fall asleep. It's like long enough to tune other stuff out, but it's not still going when I wake up and it's still like enough that I can still hear other stuff.
0: That's great. I use insight timer for meditation. Um, I use it only as a timer. They do have a lot of guided meditations on there, but I Mm -hmm. don't usually do guided meditations. I usually just use it as a timer and you can choose what sort sort of bell sound you want at the end of your session. And you can even Mm -hmm. do like starting bells and do like a pre wait time. And it's pretty cool app.
1: Yeah, you I use s- the sleep sounds, and sometimes the stories. Sometimes I just need to hear somebody read Sherlock Holmes, not get invested in the story, and like <laughs> just somebody talking to like a fall asleep. Oh, actually, there's also a podcast for this. I don't know if we've don't talked say about mine. It. It's not
0: <laughs> okay. Good, Thank it's you. not. I don't
1: know if we've talked about. you listening it's to called- the sleep
0: sounds of Michael Ken.
1: <laughs> just a soothing voice of Michael Ken. No, it's called Ts and Zs. Ooh. And then to somebody just reading the terms and conditions of websites, <laughs> it's not interesting. Oh, that's what a it's great about idea. 40 minutes long. But like sometimes if you're curious about something, like there was a site and I was like, I'm actually really curious about this one piece. So like I'll wait and then like hear that part. But like most of the time, it's like something you're supposed to read or know, but you never do. And it's just a guy with a dry voice just reading terms and conditions. It's amazing.
0: That is incredible. Well, uh, let's see. You went uh, two for four. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Nope. One for four. One for one four. For four. Okay. One for four. But you can go two for five with this next one. And okay. it's like, you know, it's for all the marbles. So it's redeeming. And if you get it wrong, you won't be on a fourth time. Uh, so okay. this is for everything here. Uh, I asked this of Jason Levasseur last week. We're getting near the end of the year. We are. Do you have a New Year's resolution?
1: I don't really and I have a joke answer as to why this is but it is roughly a four minute joke and I'm recording a half hour so if you wait a month you could listen to it on an album (laughs) Um, but I would say like my genuine answer is probably to start sending more mail I had a really good routine where like every week I would just send like a just because card to a friend and then over the course of the pandemic, actually, it was when it stopped, um, because I didn't always get to go to the post office. So I was like, let me just not like we were just inside so much that I stopped doing it. And I want to get back to that. So there's a mailbox not that far from my apartment, just up the street. And I should go outside a bit more. So I think like once a week, I'm just going to send a card to a friend.
0: That's great. That's, that's a fantastic thing. Um, I was thinking about, and by the way, and is a right answer, so you're two for five and you're welcome back on the show. Oh, good. Um, I was just thinking about, we never do Christmas cards anymore. It's just too mm. stressful with everything else that happens during the, the holiday season. I would love to have my stuff together enough to do Christmas cards, but you know what's crazy is I was thinking, if I did quick Christmas videos for friends and family, just Ooh. like a cell phone video of me saying, hey, I didn't do Christmas cards this year, but I want you to know that I'm thinking of you. Hope you have a happy holiday. All this type of stuff. It would take more time than it would to actually write down a Christmas card and mail it. It would take more time to do that, but would be. it would feel like it would be less invasive on my day for some reason. And I think it's because I'm already doing so much like video content all the time anyway. Yeah. It just feels like another thing in my workflow that would I could just bang out and be like, okay, that one's done and make a checklist. but.
1: Yeah, it's like a less distinct task, like because we don't normally stop to like write cards. That's what it is. Are on screen. I have to buy
0: cards. I have to find stamps. I have to go to the post office. I have to. And here's the biggest obstacle for me: I don't have people's Mm -hmm. mailing addresses. I don't keep them. uh, You know, from when they send us cards, I don't keep. I just don't have them. Uh, I don't collect them. So that is all for this week, Amma. How can people find you? Where Where do you want to send them online?
1: So my website is amamarfo.com, just first name, last name dot com. And I am on Instagram at Amamarfo. I'm on, for those who have uh, departed Twitter, if you're on Hive Social, I'm at Amamarfo there as well. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. And like I mentioned very briefly, I'll be recording a half hour of comedy next month. So that will show up on YouTube and a number of other places shortly after that.
0: Fantastic. Go check out Amamarfo at amamarfo.com. That's A M M A M A R F O. Hey. That's all for this week. Thank you so much to Ama for being my guest. Here's the voice of a little kid who fell from the sky. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early,
1: support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it. See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True
0: the internet says it's true, we'd like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Dallas Ray, Sean Brown, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use, Title 17, USC, Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent.